Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Derek This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a post-holiday weekend edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. You'll never believe this. The Yankees lost a weekend series to the Mets. If you felt like the rhythm of the weekend was weird, you're not wrong. Thursday rain out, Friday rain out. Saturday should have been a rain out, but wasn't. Didn't rain. Boring game. Sunday doubleheader. Yanks lose a meltdown as anyone on earth could have predicted who's watched this team for more than one game. And then win a squeaker at the end of the day to give the fans who are clinging to the wild card race hope because that's what the Yankees do. They lose, then they lose a devastating heartbreaker. Then right when you count them out, they win one game to make the lowest hanging fruit type of people be like, huh, four games out in the loss column. But you and I both know that's not really the case <laughs> that four games might as well be 35. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question if that's something you're into. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the pod. I guess we got to talk about our oldest Chapman first, though. Uh, you know, nope, the weekend happened. The weekend was what it was. Uh, our oldest Chapman cannot be the closer on this team anymore. And the first time we talked about how Boone was damned if you do, damned if you don't, going to him at the end of that six-hour Angels slop fest, that really ended the season. That was the end of the season. In the past, I said the Tyone start in Philly was the end of my caring about this team. I guess that was proven not true because I definitely cared when I woke up at 3.40 in the morning and saw the Angels crap. But that day, like, Chapman is your closer. If he can't get this four-run lead secured, then, you know, like, that's a, an insane thing for a manager to have to be like, yeah, I went to my closer to protect a four-run lead against a bad team, and he retired one batter and gave up a game-time grand slam. What do you want? This time, uh, Chad Green ended up going three innings in the nightcap, which was amazing. But I do not know how Chapman toes the rubber in the first game. Uh, and that that that's got to be it for him that we're done we're done we're done uh look uh, i said trade him in the off season and then i uh i, I backed off of that because we he was having an incredible but but i mean what are you gonna do i'm not gonna stand there and say oh well they still should have traded him even though he's pitched two scoreless months like uh, i can't be colin coward yeah I, I thought i was proven wrong i thought he reinvented his splitter which uh, or reinvented his pitching style by adding the splitter and using his slider a little bit more um I, do we know if the sticky stuff is affecting him? I have no idea. Uh, do we also know that this is kind of uh, characteristic behavior for Roldis Chapman? Yes. Like the stats show he's a very good closer, but the stats don't show that he craps his pants a lot when the Yankees need 
when the Yankees need something to when they need him to shut the door, when they need him to not not present any issues or make it difficult. He more times than not, he he's making it difficult. And he's done that twice this week with the worst two, two of the biggest meltdowns you're going to see all year. You thought the angels loss was, was the worst. And it, it, it still definitely is. But then this Mets one had Pete Alonso, who, who has been terrible, who is not good, gives up a f- for two years. Yeah. First, he, first battery faces Chapman game tying home run in the seventh. Great. I mean, look, we could talk about how Garrett Cole, uh, did not really hold his own, did not really did not hold his own in that one. We <laughs> needed an, we needed an ACE like performance from our ACE uh, feels like we just don't get those as much as we should uh, from a guy who we're paying $324 million. Um, I don't really like to talk about it because I know other people get upset and I, I don't like my stance on the Garrett Cole signing anyway, because I think that the Yankees just back themselves into a corner by passing on so many guys in previous off seasons that they help. Yep. No choice. Got to pay Garrett Cole 324 million. Did I oppose it? Not really. Did I think it was the best move? I, I did not. Um, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with, I don't know what's going on with the team that they had a team meeting. Aaron judge called the team meeting. I don't know what was said. I don't know what was heard. I don't know how it motivated anybody. They couldn't have looked, Less flat. They come into the first game. They don't get a hit through five innings against Taiwan Walker. They make him look like a Cy Young candidate, even though he he kind of is a Cy Young candidate. But um, that, that's you come out of the worst loss that you've had, and you've had three full nights of sleep without any baseball, and and that's the response. Uh, just doesn't seem like there is any sort of urgency or motivation from the team. Um, and then Chapman does this in the in the first game of the doubleheader, and you're just like, what the hell? What? Why Why does this continue to happen? And now we're at a point where he can't close games. I, I don't understand what more, what evidence, any other closer who's not getting paid $16 million and whose name is not Aroldis Chapman loses his job probably after what happened before this Mets game. And now this should be the final nail in the coffin. If we're talking about what to do in terms of selling, in terms of buying, Aroldis Chapman should just go. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the Yankees are contending or not. I don't think he has a place on this team anymore. I, I know we were kind of fooled with with the April and May, whether we were fooled, whether it was legitimate or not. But he can't control his fastball, which I I just don't understand. Losing control of your fastball for now going on six weeks is is kind of unheard of. I, I don't know if I I don't know if we've seen any other high profile players across the league dealing with such rude, a rudimentary issue. Um, and he's a liability. And now this, and the sad part is, is what we've talked about this entire time. We talked about that, about that loss to the angels. Aaron Boone has no choice. He's already uh, on the hot seat amongst the fans. He's not on the hot seat in the organization, but now the fans are ridiculing every move he makes. And why is he not going to bring in his closer when he's got, when he needs to protect a four run lead or a one run lead in these two must win games against the angels and the Mets and on paper you know smarter yankee fans who have seen what a role this chapman has been doing are saying please don't bring him in he cannot handle the moment he cannot bail this team out he's rarely ever been the guy to to be known for that and aaron boone's hands are tied because he has to make the by the book decisions in order to not you know you know draw more ire from the fan base and even when he's doing that those are not working out and chapman has been a, a big symptom of that problem and i just don't I don't care what you get for him. 
I don't, I really don't care. Just get a top 30 prospect, send him to a contender. I'm sure somebody else will be happy to take him. Some team who needs some relief help, who's on the cusp of contention. A lot of other teams are in contention this year that we hadn't previously expected to be. So there's going to be a market for relievers. The Yankees are going to have to sell low. I just think the damage has been done with Chapman ineptitude in the postseason. Now not being able to save the Yankees when they're on the ropes in the regular season. Look, the Yankees are what? The Mets are 44 and or 43 and 37. The Yankees are 42 and 41. And everyone thinks the Mets, you know, are having uh, uh, the, the season that New York has been hoping for. The, the difference really isn't that much, but the expectations for the Yankees are different. They do have a chance to rebound, but I don't think their chance of rebounding is with this entire core. They need to make some changes. They need to make a mini retool. And I think that'll revitalize them in some capacity, but it starts with just get rid of Chapman. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody likes him. Yeah, we traded the wrong reliever to the Red Sox. How yep. awesome would it be to have foisted Chapman on Boston for a, a oh, salary dump or whatever? God. Like all their fans are on their high horses about you know the Yankees employing Chapman, as if Yankee fans, as if we like love Aroldis Chapman. No, he's a blight. He's the worst part of our fandom by far. And I will not lose one wink of sleep if the Yankees manage to send him nope. somewhere else. And and he performs. Let's say he dominates wherever he goes. Wouldn't care. Great. Don't don't care at all. And if you're power ranking people that I wouldn't care if they dominated elsewhere, by far and away, number one, Domingo Herman is number two. I don't need yep. any of these people in my life. Um, and, and if they, you know, put up Bafo numbers in Seattle or San Diego, okay, fine. Don't get just simply do not care. Um, I mean, in terms of who you're trying to sell off at the deadline, Chapman is <laughs> Chapman is obviously number one. It's not close. There's no one in Chapman's. Chapman is on the top of Mount Everest, and everybody else is just at base camp being like, that's a pretty tall mountain. Um, Chapman <laughs> is huge number one. Um, number two is Zach Britton for, for monetary reasons. Um, everybody who's at the top of this list is in the bullpen. Um, but yeah, if you can get somebody to take Zach Britton, if you can get somebody to buy into the fact that he, you know, is going to be theoretically healthy soon, then yeah, great. If somebody would like to take Zach Britton too. Um, sad. I was excited when he opted back in and I've barely seen him this year. And when I have, he's been giving up home runs to Carlos Santana and screaming as he limps off the mound at Boston. Cause of course nothing can go our way. Uh, it was, it was cool seeing the Yankees spend money on, on Britain's option and, but it was uncool. Everything that's happened since then. No, thank you. Um, Chad green. I do think there is a discussion that must be had around selling Chad green. It's a tough one, but when you're evaluating these relievers and trying to decide if a reliever is part of the future or not, um, you know, some teams it's, it's easier to do Yankees. It's difficult, right? Because often on these middling teams, you're like, is X reliever going to be a part of the next great X team? And usually the answer is no, because said team is like three years away. Like, is Matt Boyd going to be the ace of the next great Tigers team? Well, the Tigers have changed their timeline a little bit lately, but the answer is probably still no. Like, if if your team is two years away and you have a player who's a pending free agent at the end of next season, you should probably trade him. Chad Green is a free agent uh, for 2023. So he's got just this year, and then he's ARB eligible next year, and that's it. So a year and a half of control of Chad Green. But is Chad Green a part of the quote-unquote next great Yankee team? possible the Yankees could definitely win the 2022 World Series um they have to make adjustments but you can't just you can't sit here on July 6th and be like the next great Yankee team is five years down the line if you're saying that you're being disingenuous you're you're an annoyed fan and we get it we've all said stuff like that but you're being ridiculous if you think the Yankees can't contend next year if they make the right moves 
you can maybe think Brian Cashman can't put together a team that contends next year and Aaron Boone can't manage a team that contends next year and this roster can't contend next year. Sure, sure, sure. But if you think the Yankees are just out next year, then you're lying to yourself. So that's tough because you're going to have to make that kind of calculus. But again, Chad Green, it's it's only a year and a half. It's not that much time. Uh, 1.8 war this season. Very cool. Um, but he's 30 years old. Uh, and not for not, we love Chad Green. This is from a place of love. 2017 Chad Green in 40 games, uh, struck out 103 guys in 69 innings pitched. He was a, a completely different pitcher, a hybrid, uh, ridiculous. Um, ended up opening a bunch of games in 2019 and 2018. The strikeout numbers are always great 94 and 75 and two thirds in 2018. Um, 98 and 69 in 2019, but he had a 4.170 RA in the year. He ended up starting 15 games uh, because they tried to pair him with Nestor Cortez Jr., who we will get to in Praise Corner. Um, but he started off that year awful. Uh, his numbers were terrible, and he brought them all down. Um, his FIP actually was 3.34. The year's ERA was 4.17. Last year's ERA was 3.51, and his FIP was up to 4.17. So. There is a reliever with questionable profiles in, in digging deeper into Chad Green, who's 30 years old. Uh, like I said, a year and a half left. That's not much. So if you think Chad Green could be a part of the next Yankee world champion next year, sure. I mean, there's a chance the Yankees could win the World Series next year, and there's a chance Chad Green could be a big part of it. But there is also a chance that he could backslide further. The underlying numbers make it seem as if that could happen at any moment. He's a fastball-only reliever for the most part. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. Now, Jonathan Loisaga, I happen to think, you know, a, a terrible team would sell Jonathan Loisaga right now. Yes. But the Yankees are not a terrible team. He's controlled through 2024. I would much rather keep him and say, this is the beginning of our time with Jonathan Loisaga in the bullpen rather than sell him off now when he's been worth two war, when he's struck out 43 and 45 innings, one whip, 2.20 ERA. Uh, the underlying stuff for Loisaga says he can get even better. He's got a 2-2-0 ERA and a 2-6-9 FIP. He's finally living up to the billing right now, right? And he is this 98, 99-mile-an-hour two-seamer in on people's hands is insane. Uh, the stuff is there for Loisaga. The changeup is nasty. I think brighter days are ahead for Loisaga. I also love the mentality, the, the humble nature, the apologies every time he has a bad game, which was like twice. This year, he he melted down against the Nationals and then Tyler Wade helped him melt down against the Royals. So I think Jonathan Loisaga, I look at him and I think future closer more than I think trade bait. But Chad Green, I, I could be swayed and I'm actually leaning like 65, 35, explore the market. Yeah, if, I mean, if you're talking about a retool and getting rid of guys at their highest possible value who you think might might have a backslide Chad Green is a two pitch guy like it, it, there there's he I like him. I I. I I have fun with him on my team, but I don't think he's someone who makes up the core. And Loisaga, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. We've been watching him for two and a half years now saying, oh, he's got the stuff. When is he going to put it all together? Now it's here. Now it's all together. Now it, it's very good. The uh, He's got the right attitude. Um, uh, he, he's, he's got the right profile in terms of pitch mix and, and speed. So he, he can be a closer if we need it. Um, and then the, what the Yankees could do is just sell off a couple of guys and then go after some other relievers that uh, on on the market or bring up some guys uh, from from the minors and, and see and see what they have for the second half push. Like, I don't think that that's going to hurt anybody. The Yankees are never, uh, never at odds with finding bullpen arms. They could do that just as easily as any offseason of the as they've done in, in recent years. But 
sell off the guys who are dead weight, which is Chapman and Britain. You don't need that. Maybe you have to eat some of that money. Who knows? But you'll save some money and you can bring in some other guys and then get rid of a guy who's, you know, potentially approaching his ceiling for this season in Chad Green. Get some value in return. See what see what see what you can work with. Um, and then move on from there. I'm not opposed to either of these things. I think you keep Lewisaga. Obviously, uh, what we've seen from him has been tremendous. Um, but aside from that, like that's that, that I think the, that's that should be the extent of the Yankees heavy lifting at the deadline if, if they're going to sell and then, you know, just get rid of a couple of other guys that we don't need. Agreed. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, the Garrett Cole phenomenon. Stay around. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. So I think you and I are in alignment. Like, there's... I don't... Maybe we're not in alignment, but who knows? I'm not worried about. I'm still not worried about Garrett Cole long term. No. I think you can have this conversation in two parts. Um, I'm not. I'm not worried about Garrett Cole long term. The stuff is there. He's throwing a hundred. The curve is nasty. Um, you know, the location is bad. He is learning how to pitch again without the aid of something that was very helpful to him, but that did not help him become the number one overall pick and did not help him learn to throw 100 miles an hour and did not help him take advantage of his pitch profile, which when he was in Pittsburgh, he was a very good pitcher who did not throw at the top of the zone, who got rocked on home runs on, on low fastballs, etc. And he learned to relocate when he went to Houston. Now he's got to learn something else. I, I think he might have a little trouble for a little while here. He's also still an all-star. Like that selection was not ridiculous. The Chapman selection was deranged. Even at his, you know, slightly better ERA before he went on his 22.50 run in recent weeks, didn't retire not retiring a batter in uh Saturday's game, just Sunday's game, just outright hilarious. Very, very funny. Um, uh, but Cole still, you know, 135 K's and 105 innings, all-star selection, ERA under three, very good major league pitcher, and probably an ace. I'm not that worried about his status, you know, in regard to the game in general. However, uh, prior to the spider tech revelations, prior to all of this, his Yankee career has sort of been defined by what a great start in the wild card playoffs, a one Oh victory at Tropicana field this year, which was sort of a, a real jaw dropper, like a great, okay, awesome. Although the Rays strike out a lot and the Rays offense is not wonderful. And, you know, not being punked by the Rays isn't going to go on Garrett Cole's Hall of Fame plaque. But then again, the home run bugaboo, uh, the, you know, Dom Smith home run in the first inning. Is it too much to ask to get out of that first inning unscathed? Apparently, one nothing lead in game five of the division series last year. Another really ill-timed home run, Austin Meadows. Uh, a lot of ill-timed home runs in these home games against the Rays. There's a reason the Yankees are like 500 in these Garrett Cole starts. And you get the four. I'm sorry. It, you know, he is learning to pitch on the fly. I get it. But it, the, you get the four one lead in the fourth inning. Got to win that game. Yeah. Can't can't hand the ball off to a world's Chapman either. Can't even bring the bullpen into the situation like too often with Garrett Cole. I am looking at games going got to win that game. And they didn't win that game. So it's not you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be a great contributor for this team for an extended period of time. I'm not going to say the Yankees shouldn't assign him. The Yankees should flex their financial muscles any chance they get. In fact, I think they should sign more 
Garrett Coles. Instead of shying away from the one Garrett Cole they did sign, they should actually be maximizing his window with more purchases instead of making fewer. Uh, but then again, another in a long line of instances where you go into a somewhat must-win game or a must-win game, a, a game five in the division series is certainly a must-win game with Garrett Cole on the mound. And he either pitches well, but gives up a home run that ruins the overall line, or he straight up does not pitch well. Last week at Fenway, this week against the Mets, two games where they really needed him to come out and shine. The Fenway game, Yankees didn't hit at all. Mets game, 4-1 lead, though. We handed you a 4-1 lead. This team's bad. They really could use Garrett Cole-ish start right now, and they did not get one. Or did they get the most Garrett Cole start of all? <laughs> God, uh, I, I, I just don't know. I, I, my biggest concern with Cole was his largely lack of, uh, of, uh, a significant body of work. He was, he was up and down in Pittsburgh. He was certainly a good talent that people wanted to get their hands on. And then he went to Houston and we all know that there were some, the uh, unsavory practices going on there, both, both with the pitching staff and with, um, and with the, uh, the offense. So, Probably still. Yeah. And you don't really <laughs> it probably. And you just don't like the the manner in which he benefited and 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 went from went from intriguing talent who I'd love to have on my team to, oh, I have to pay this guy all of the money possible because his last two years were incredible. Just I raise an eyebrow because not you don't entirely see that kind of leap in production and like the inconsistencies just go away. All of his inconsistencies just disappeared in Houston, which was cool, but we knew some shit was going on there and we know that obviously he is among the faces of the sticky stuff uh, phenomenon. So maybe he was overly reliant on it. And now that's contributing to his backside, but not even that is my issue with it. My issue with it is he never really seemed like a super big game pitcher. Like I, when I think of an ACE and this is just me, you all might think differently. An ACE is somebody who gets you a seven inning scoreless performance when your team needs it most. And it doesn't matter who's your face. It doesn't matter who you're facing. So Sunday, July 4th, perfect example. The Yankees come out flat on Saturday. That was the only game I watched, by the way. And I said, I'm not watching. I'm, I'm watching fucking highlights from now on. Cause I just tremendous three hours. fart noise, just a Holy huge fart noise beginning to end. The, yeah. the, I, I don't think a game like Saturday is ever, I saw people being like, this is the lowest of the low. No, I think the like disaster meltdowns that get you laughed at are lower yeah. of the low, but that was really, that was like as bad as a, you know, non contentious loss can be. Yeah. And look, look back to the Kansas City start. He had a good start in that one. Seven innings, two earned. But like that was one the Yankees needed to shut up the Royals and like start the series off hot. Like give me seven scoreless more than six strikeouts against one of the more inferior offensive lineups in the league. But you know what? Seven innings, two earned. I'll still take it. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to tell you what I think I need in an ace. Last week against Boston, need a win to avoid the sweep. Not only do you not get the win, you get destroyed on the road against the Red Sox, who you were 0-5 against them. Your team badly needed a win. You know the offense isn't entirely clicking on all cylinders. You need to take control. Five innings, six runs, five earned. Over That's, by the first pitch. Yeah, Done really not the good. First pitch. Not good at all. And then you have this Mets game, which is tailor-made for Garrett Cole. He's facing, coming into the series, the Mets were the worst offense in the league. They scored the least amount of runs in the league. And it's incredible what the Mets are doing because that's what they're dealing with at the moment. And their pitching is carrying them, something the Yankees only did for a very short period of time when the offense was struggling. The pitching carried them for three to four weeks, and then that was it. Now, you get a seven-inning doubleheader. So you can pitch a complete game. I'm not saying that that's what you're going to do, but that is well within focus of pitching a seven-inning complete game 
maybe two earned, whatever. Instead, you get the four one lead. You have a chance to settle in and 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 kind of go on cruise control for the rest of the way. And three and a third, four earned, three walks, six strikeouts. Like just not six strikeouts is okay, pretty good after three and a third. But you simply just can't have. You just can't have it, especially when you know that the next game, if you lose this, everything's going to be on high alert. You have Nestor Cortez starting the next game. Your team cannot be swept at home against the Mets uh, heading into a, a crucial week against the Mariners and the Astros. The Mariners have been surprisingly good and the Astros who are probably the best team in the league at the moment. Um, and look, my, my other frustration doesn't lie with Garrett Cole, guys. It, it lies with the front office. Why? Because... How many pitchers did they pass on previously that forced their hand to pay Garrett Cole the biggest pitching contract in history? He's getting paid. It's it's like, what is it, like 40 more million dollars in the next highest, which is Steven Strasburg, which also was in a good contract, but the Nats kind of had their hand side and had to pay and Trevor him Bauer. Trevor Bauer tried oh. to beat it. Uh, well, he yeah. beat it annually, but you know, yeah, you know, I'm talking, yeah, long term, like actual contracts that matter is not a little flash in the pan bullshit contract where he <laughs> wanted to make headlines for fucking six months because that's what <laughs> that's what Trevor Bauer did. But yeah, you enjoy know, you, your headlines. Yeah, you look at these other guys that the Yankees either could have gotten or had their hands on. One is Kevin Gossman, who's the best, the second best pitcher in the national if jacob Degrom didn't exist we'd be talking about kevin gossman seven days a week after the year he's been having i will say i was not a kevin gossman proponent i thought he was kind of like a tertiary guy the the reason why i wasn't is because i know the yankees can't develop pitchers and i'm like kevin gossman needs some fine tuning the yankees surely won't be able to do that so let him go somewhere else now he's at a place where they have figured out his deficiencies and have made him very much an ace then you look at Lance Lynn, who we had, who we couldn't do anything with. He's the best pitcher in the American League. You look at Zach Wheeler, who we almost traded for and then passed on in free agency. He's been better than Garrett Cole the last two years. That's not really up for debate. Go look at the stats. You look at Max Scherzer, who we passed on, what, five, six years ago. He's still probably the most the most consistent pitcher uh, outside, of, outside of Jacob deGrom. In, in all of Major League Baseball for the last half decade, it's probably DeGrom, Scherzer, and Clayton Kershaw. Um, and we could go down the list and talk about some other guys that they that they did that they could have gotten their hands on to at least build out a rotation that wasn't complete dog shit after their ace. And that's where my issue lies because they didn't they could have paid just two hundred million dollars for Max Scherzer and called it a day, and that opened your window entirely different. It allows you more flexibility to add a number two or maybe a number three or or rely or, or stack your rotation Dodgers ask not in that fashion, but you have a number four guy who probably profiles more as a, a number two, three um, just things that the Yankees front office opted not to do for whatever reason, and then put back, put their backs up against the wall to give Garrett Cole, you know, 85 million more dollars in the next, the, the next highest contract. And there's going to be expectations that come with the contract. That's also my beef with it too, is because, you know, you're paying this guy all this money. You know, the fan base is going to be holding him accountable just based on the dollar sign that, that, that you've given to him. Um, the, the problems don't in, aren't entirely with his performance. It's just when we need certain performances, we don't get them. And then when you look at Garrett Cole and the amount of money we're paying him, it doesn't really compare like Jacob deGrom, in my opinion, there there's the, the gap between Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole is I, I it's indescribable. Not the same, not sport. even close. Not, yeah, not it's the not same the same sport. sport. And that's what troubles me because that you can't have that disparity between the supposed best pitcher in the league and, and, and your ACE. If you want to be a world series contender, if your ACE is the highest paid pitcher. So that's where my frustration lies. My frustrations are not with Garrett Cole. I think Garrett Cole is a great pitcher. He's also a nice guy. So I enjoy having him on my team. 
It is, though, continually sad. Mets fans really need to drop the Cole versus DeGrom thing because we never wanted that. We never even thought it was a thing. No, it's not close. No Yankee fan thinks it's close. If a Yankee fan tells you it's close, they're crazy. But it's also, it wasn't ridiculous for like MLB's graphics department when the Yankees signed Garrett Cole to a $325 million deal to be like, hey, who's the ace of New York? Jacob DeGrom or this extremely expensive guy on the really popular Yankees? And then, you know what? The answer is, it's DeGrom. Great. (laughs) We answered it. (laughs) But like... It's not insane. For, like, none of it's crazy. Mets fans are blinded by their rate. Like, it wasn't insane to put them on a graphic together because guess what? They're the aces of the teams in New York. So that's how you make graphics. But then, B, we have an answer. It's Jacob DeGrom, and everybody knows it. And at the time, it was probably like 70-30 DeGrom, and now it's 99-1. So you know what? Like, it, it's, None of this matters. It's all okay. It's going to be fine. But like Mets fans, you need to enjoy Jacob DeGrom without being like, and he's better than the ninth best pitcher in baseball. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. Um, I don't know why the Yankees – yeah, I mean, for years and years and years – did not spend on starting pitching, but did spend on Carlos Beltran and did spend on Aroldis Chapman twice. Like we traded prospect capital at a discount. Well, we all know for Aroldis Chapman. And then given the chance to rid ourselves of Aroldis Chapman and to like hopefully get the stink off the franchise forever, we're like, we should give him a record setting deal. And then given the chance to get out of the Chapman country to the end of 2019, the Yankees were like, we're, we love you. We love this guy. Let's restructure. Let's make sure you're a part of our family forever. They had 3,000 opportunities to pay other people and alternatives to Aroldis Chapman. They never did. They just continued to pay Aroldis Chapman money. And so that's how you end up with a situation where Garrett Cole is the only signing. It's like, we've added Garrett Cole. Like, it sounds ridiculous on the surface to be like, the Yankees added Garrett Cole to a 103-win team and got worse. But then again, the Yankees subtracted Masahiro Tanaka from that 103-win team. The Yankees lost Luis Severino from that 103-win team. Yes, not their fault. The Yankees lost depth over and over and over again and lost Mike Talkman and use Tyler Wade instead of Tyro Estrada, who, by the way, is up with the Giants and hit a grand slam the other day. Giants are good and smart. Yankees are dumb. Um, and the Yankees didn't add uh, pieces around any of these players because they sort of felt like we have Garrett Cole. We have a team that ostensibly could win 100 games. Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela are cheap. We did it. We made it. We have some rookie contract type guys and also Garrett Cole. But in reality, when Garrett Cole is your ace and you're committing all this money to him, you need to spend it around him for two years. You can't cut payroll. That's insane. And you can't use Giancarlo Stanton as a crutch to be like, we got to get rid of payroll because we decided to do this other thing. Like, don't let your own decisions compound each other, especially in a league without a salary cap. But that's the Yankees for you. And they're definitely going to not pass the luxury tax threshold this summer. They definitely are going to be excited about spending this offseason after resetting the whole thing. And they definitely are going to run into a work stoppage. So congratulations, Yankees. You made a bunch of moves to make your title window smaller, and then you're going to run into uh, collective bargaining agreement anger. Now, I don't think the Yankees could have seen it coming, though, that like midway, these contracts always go wrong somehow. And it felt like Cole was the perfect storm of like, Wow, the the best free agent pitcher on the market in years is a Yankee fan. He wants to be here. The team is smart enough to realize he wants to be here. They're whining and dining and they're giving everything he could ever want. And then he signs the deal and he says all the right things. And then the first half of the 2020 season gets wiped out. And then they come back and, and they play a 60 game season and they're 33 and 27. I think after seeing what an actual 500 team looks like this year, last year's Yankees would have probably won 95 games or more 
all things considered, if they had played out the full season, but they didn't. So they ended up with this terrible 33 and 27 record this year. They're actually legit bad. And in the middle of all of this, Major League Baseball just 180s on something that like it would have been nice to know they were considering banning foreign substances like this when the Yankees signed the Garrett Cole deal. Of course, in the middle of the deal, MLB is like, wow, after seven years of this, we've now decided we hate it. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> like that is in essence, like nothing could have gone wrong with this contract except for something insane like that. And of course it did. I know it's it's unbelievable. And the fact that they banned everything is the most frustrating part. Everything you have hitters and you have pitchers. All the guys play the game. The commissioner's office does not play the game. Rob Manfred probably didn't even play Little League Baseball. Um, and they're just banning everything from the top down when there it's clear there's a difference between stuff that aids you from gripping a slippery baseball versus something that's performance enhancing and makes you much better than you actually are. And we've seen the difference with that with a number of guys as the changes has, have been made. But I guarantee you, if they just had banned whatever the illegal stuff was, spider tack, one of them, I don't know what else was, I don't know what other substances or combination of substances constituted that, but you probably would have saw a difference in spin rate. You would have saw somewhat of a difference in production now it's clear after all the pitchers who have come out, Tyler Glass now being number one, um, who hurt his arm. Uh, what was it like the, the two days after the ban actually was yeah. instituted was saying, I have to grip the ball harder. I have to uh, I have to, you know, be super conscious of the pitches that I'm throwing because I, it feels like I may not have control. And I also think that gripping the ball harder put more tension on my forearm muscles, which is contributing to now this forearm elbow issue that I'm dealing with. So the fact that they're, was seemingly no consultation of the players with this is ridiculous. It's also fucking classic that this comes in the middle of a blockbuster contract for the Yankees after watching what Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole mowed through the league in Houston. He was runner up. What was he runner up? Cy Young. He led the league in strikeouts. Yeah, Verlander like, beat him for some yeah, reason, but he should have won the style. Yeah. We have no idea how Verlander beat him, but I mean, his uh, struck out 276 batters in 200 innings his first year in Houston. Uh, two, 326 batters, which led the league in 212 innings, 2.64 FIP, which led the league, 185 ERA plus, also led the league. Uh, his two years in Houston, he was fucking 35 and 10 with like a 2.6 ERA, so or 2.7 ERA, and then he comes to the Yankees. He's still pitching well, but there are there there are obvious holes in his game that are maybe uh, related to the fact that he's now the bond. He's never been a bonafide ace. I'm not really going to count. He's not counting Pittsburgh as someone being a bonafide ace. Cause there's really no, there were really no expectations in Pittsburgh. There never are Houston. He was the co-ace because Justin Verlander and another move. The Yankees could have made guys. The Yankees could have traded dog shit for just uh, Justin Verlander during the waiver trade deadline. They opted not to for whatever reason. And then Verlander kicks our ass um, in, in the postseason. So, um, just bizarre and hilarious how th this kind of uh, this come coming crashing down to earth in some capacity is is falling in the Yankees lap right now. Um, maybe it's the pressure of Garrett Cole knowing he has to shoulder the entire weight of the rotation because there are injuries and there are underperformances and there aren't other big names. Uh, he never really had to do that before. Uh, Pittsburgh always kind of had a good stable of guys. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, Garrett, it's up to you. And then like, we'll just see what the other four guys can do. That's what the Yankees do. Oh, Garrett, it's up to you. Here's $324 million. 
um, you're not really going to have much assistance from anybody uh, behind you in the rotation. So that's how it's going to be. So I'm sure it's a combination of factors, but it is classic that it is happening with the Yankees and they're probably paying for their sins for fucking sticking with Chapman and re-upping his contract after all that shit. And then uh, sticking with Domingo Herman only for them to not be validated by the shitty decision that they made to stick with him. Um, also after his shitty and not good apology in wake of all the stuff, which also came 18 months after the fact. So uh, maybe the Yankees are paying for their sins. Maybe me breaking the church window in second grade really wasn't <laughs> what ter- really turned the tables. Yeah, who knows? And and Astros fans are going to tell us to stop crying. And I will remind them that mentioning me on Twitter every hour of every day for five days is, in fact, actually crying. That's crying. What we're doing is not crying. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer that. Let us know if an Astros podcast is breaking any rules. We'll try to break similar rules and get banned from the iTunes store because that's what happens when Yankees people try what Astros people just succeeded in. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us at YanksYourGuard.com. We got content coming for you there for quite a while. Uh, talk to us on the official YanksYourGuard Twitter account at YanksYourGuardFS. Folks, I'm not going to predict any more records at this point. I think I said the Yankees need to go nine and four heading into the all-star break uh, when they had 13 games left in order to make this salvageable. I think that means they have to go six and oh now against the Mariners and the Astros, which is not going to happen. So just temper your expectations. Uh, We'll see where we're at. We'll see how the Yankees decide to move forward, depending on what happens over these next six days. Um, And all the best, everyone. That's all I can really tell you. Yeah. See, everybody. No more record. But just watch the games if you want. They're they're on at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) We'll we'll see you. We'll see you later in the week. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. 
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.